This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Stand up, let's pray for a moment. You know, we have this holiday Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, and uh, you know, he said a lot of good things there, <laughs> just that little clip. But you know, the answer for racial reconciliation is the body of Christ. And we know the scripture says there's only two races in the earth the believer and the unbeliever. That is it. And we have to live that way. We have to model that. But I want us to pray together. You know, we're in the time of prayer and fasting. And we have this, uh, it seems like everywhere we turn, there's this chaos coming up, crisis. And we need to be the ones praying, interceding, and modeling the love of God for all people. So I want us to, let's lift our hands in agreement as we pray together. Father, we lift up our nation. And Father, we're, we're disturbed to see the, the racial tension and the, the things going on in it. And we, we know that that's the enemy stirring things because we know, Lord, that there's just one, one race in your eyes that belong to you, and that's the believer. And then there's the unbeliever. And you told us even through our love for each other, that we would be a model to the unbeliever for them to see the works of God. So, Lord, we choose to walk in love, to be that example, and we come against that spirit, uh, that, that spirit of racial divide. We come against that in the name of Jesus. May it not be named among us, the family of God, the body of Christ, May we be agents of peace, of acceptance and love. May we be the ones that show the way and show Father's heart. And God, we pray for this nation to be a nation of peace that we'll be together. We come against injustice. We come against these things that are of the enemy. And we renounce them. And we, we come against them in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask that this nation, once again, you would touch and we would be a righteous nation and we would delight in it. Father, we lift up our president. We lift up the Congress, all those making decisions regarding the laws of this land. And Father, we lift them up to you and we ask that you intervene, that they make the right decisions, that God, they would seek your face, they would hear from heaven, and they would Put those laws into action, into place. God, we speak peace between the Democrats and Republicans and all this, this gridlock that nothing can get accomplished or done. And Lord, let there be peace. Let there be strength. And God, let the body of Christ rise up and not be silent, but speak forth the truth that we're all one in you. And we give you thanks. We give you honor, we give you glory, and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, amen, amen. You can be seated. I might just stay down here this morning. No. 
The front row is fighting, should they hear my joke or not? But we're going to do offering first. I didn't forget. This is, and I don't even have planning center, and that doesn't mean much to most of you. But anyway. Zach, you're the only one laughing in the whole place. <laughs> if you need the envelope for your giving, if you lift your hand. We have a lot going on this morning, but I, I just want to share quickly. You know, every time we do prayer and fasting, there seems to be a theme that takes place. Last week, I had like four testimonies of financial blessing that people were receiving. But also, I see a dimension of deliverance that people have told me uh, they've laid down smoking, they've laid this down and that down. So it's uh, like financial blessing and deliverance and freedom. So that seems to be, there's always a, seems to be a theme. But I, I tell you what, we'll just take the whole, whatever your need is, we'll just take it and, and we'll believe God. <clears throat> but one of them was interesting last week. Well, they all were, but. Uh, this one really uh, got to me. Uh, a man who used to work at a place, he's got a different job, he went to his old place just to say hello. And they, it turns out that his old company that he does not work for anymore gave him the company bonus. I guess for coming and saying hello. I'm, I've never heard anything like it. Gave him the company bonus and said... Uh, Anytime you want to come back and work, you choose the hours, part-time, just come on back. So you might want to go back to your old employee. Another person said they were called into the office and, and the manager was there. And usually that's not a, a great sign. But they said, look, we're not paying you enough money. And so they gave $8,000 raise. And then they said, you know what? Uh, we're going to just, we're going to throw in a $10,000 bonus. Another one told me, uh, even this morning, said, um, got, the, got their check. And they, they said, oh, we threw in some extra cost of living. And it's a raise from now on. Unexpected, just how many would take, they wouldn't reject the financial blessing? Well, I know this, God is faithful, and when we give to Him, when we give our tithe, we give offering, He always blesses it. So this morning, I want you, if you're writing a check, make it out to Church of the Harvest, or you can put C-O-T-H. And I want you to give this morning out of a cheerful, thankful heart and watch what God will do. Because He will do it. He's faithful to His Word. One thing about Father, He never lies. He's never lied. He's not about to start. If He ever lied, He wouldn't be God anymore. So he's a, there's no lying in Him. So let's pray. If you're writing a check, just continue to write. Father, we thank You so much. As we give today, we give cheerfully. We give out of a grateful heart. We're so thankful, Lord, that you've blessed us to be a part of your family. And we're blessed, Lord, that you've called us.
to a different system than the system of this world, the kingdom system. And you said that, Lord, the, the way that system works is through tithe and offering, and it's through faith. And God, we give today out of faith with, a, with that uh, expectancy, Lord, that harvest is coming. And we give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Give as the Lord has directed you to give. And we're going to get in the word here. Richard Scott asked me to say this. Roll. We got a few fans. Congratulations to the Alabama for pulling it off and winning the, the championship. We've been looking at prayer, prayer and fasting, and this is our fourth in the series. This will be the end of our series. If you want more information, many of you have asked uh, questions, and I have several tape series on, on prayer and fasting. It's one of the things that really I, I teach every year, and there's a lot uh, of material. If you'd like to get more information, this is our uh, our 21 days will be over at the end of this week, and then we're going to have our night of uh, worship, and we will see breakthroughs, we'll see healings and miracles. It's going to be an awesome time, so do not miss that night of worship next Sunday at 6 o'clock. It's going to be awesome. We looked and we've seen that fasting doesn't change, but it changes us. And how many agree, usins need changing? God is unchangeable, and he does not need to change. The reason he's unchangeable, he is perfect. There's nothing to change to because he's already perfect, but we are changing. And fasting puts us in a position to change. Fasting puts us in a position I'm following directions. Let's give David a hand back there. He... <laughs> okay. It, it was fun down there. Okay. <laughs> Fasting puts us in a position to hear from God. We're not trying to get God to do something He hasn't already done. He's already finished the work. He's already said yes and amen to the, all the promises of God. What fasting does, it puts, it denies the flesh where we can receive from God. Now God is always communicating with us, but a lot of times our flesh is in the way and we can't hear clearly. But he is speaking and he's always uh, having uh, communication with us and trying to break through to us but it's up to us and one of the ways Jesus said that this kind does not go out except through prayer and fasting we found that this kind is doubt and unbelief doubt and unbelief there's some subtle doubt and unbelief the disciples didn't even know they had it that will only come out through prayer and fasting 
So no wonder Jesus said, when you fast, he didn't say if you fast, he wants you to fast because he wants to break off that doubt and unbelief where you can receive from him. And we all have places of doubt and unbelief and we need to fast. And we saw that Jesus said, the reason we fast, if you put new wine into old wine skins, it will burst. And he put in us his spirit, we're a new creation, that's the new wine, but he kept us in old wine skin. He kept us in these, these bodies. And when we fast, it causes our old wine skins to be able to agree or to flow with the new wine inside of us. Have you ever seen or heard of a preacher that burst? Their old wine skin couldn't handle the new wine inside. They burst and then it's all over the news. They had this affair, they did this or they stole this. And maybe if they had fasted some, they could have preserved that old wine skin, that, that body where the power of God, the love of God, the, the things of God could have flown flow through him so it's important that we that we fast it's one of the most powerful things you can do every year we do this a a church family when you fast you're saying God I'm putting you first your priority you're number one in my life and if you've blown your fast just get back in there it's okay don't Beat yourself up. Don't let the enemy say, well, you couldn't even do, you know, two or three days or whatever. Don't beat yourself up. God is, is proud and happy that you did that. Get back in there and keep that, keep that thing going. Many of you are doing a three-day fast for the first time, and I uh, just want to encourage you. If you blew it, don't, don't worry about it. Just Get right back in there. Go back to Daniel fast or do you a day again. It's, it's okay. God is a good God. One of the first times I fasted, <laughs> did not prepare myself at all, uh, any, any shape or form, just wellness fast. And because I'd read all the history, all the men of God that did something, uh, and women of God, they all fasted. And then you look in Scripture, fasting is everywhere. And you, you can reach a point if you haven't prepared and got things out of the house. I found that they'll speak to you. And they're loud. And I mean, it can be things that may not be your favorite, you know. It could be potato chips or... But I can remember just starting the fast... And there was just these, these crackers in the kitchen. Every time I go in there, they'd be calling me. Bob, eat me. I rebuke it and say, be quiet, I'm fasting. And it just kept on and kept on. Finally, after a few days, I want you to know I resisted it. No, I ran in there, I devoured the whole box. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I felt like an animal. What is wrong with me? I'm not even human here. That's the way I felt. God, forgive me. Oh, forgive me. 
it was like the Lord said, it's okay. It's okay. Just get back up. Dust yourself off. <laughs> Got all the crumbs off of me and clean myself. And went right back into my fast. Right back into it. Did I start over? No. Are you kidding? No. I took it right from there. So if that happened to you, and you felt like an animal, just resist that and go on. <laughs> In Zechariah chapter 7, verse 4, it says, Then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, Say to all the people of the land and to the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and the seventh months during those 70 years, did you really fast for me? This concept, did you really fast for me? For me. When you eat and when you drink, do you not eat and drink for yourselves? Now when you eat, you eat for yourself. Why do you eat? You eat to be satisfied. You have this hunger that you want something inside to take care of that hunger or that desire. So when you eat, you're eating for yourself. I'm not, when I eat, I'm not thinking, well, I wonder what such and such is eating right now. No, I'm eating. It's for me, myself, and I. <laughs> we eat, and it's for us. And it is a, uh, a joy of life that we can have good food and enjoy that, but it's for us, and God is saying, did you fast for me? The same way that food brings satisfaction to us, or draws our attention, is the way that fast draws God's attention and brings satisfaction to Him. That's what He's saying here. You ate food for yourself. But did you fast for me? It's almost like you're feeding him when you fast. Well, he loves us so much, he wants that time with us. He longs for the day that he doesn't have to come through the, the flesh. And what we're doing, we're actually a type of dying to self. That's reason fasting and mourning many times are used interchangeably. It's a mourning, you're, you're kind of dying to self to receive from Him, to be with Him, have that intimacy with Him. So He's saying, have you fasted for me? Have you laid aside, will you lay aside the steak and potatoes, will you lay aside a meal where you can fast to Him? And He says, when you do, I'll break through in your life. And that thing that you're believing me for will happen. Why? He doesn't have to deal with that doubt and unbelief, that flesh, that thing that's in the way. Fasting Fast. Do I need to turn this other one off? Oh, you can. Fasting gets God's attention just like food gets your attention. Food satisfies us. Fasting satisfies God like food does us. Fasting is saying the cry of my soul is greater than the cry of my belly or my body. 
fasting and saying, God, I desire you more than I desire even the food that I have to have to live by. I put it aside for a season because the cry of my soul is for you. You are the love of my life. You are the one who has all the answers. There's a cry of my soul that can only be solved, that can only be complete by you. There's no other place I can go and have that fulfillment of this cry of my soul. The only place I can go is to you. You have the answers. You are life. You are the way. You are truth. And that's what fasting does. It's saying, God, you're first. It's getting those priorities right. I'm saying it's more important. And he almost says in this verse that you're feeding him. It's more important to feed God or invest in my relationship with God than to eat that meal. That's what we're saying when we fast. And he'll give the strength. Fasting's getting God's attention because I'm drawing near to him. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You know, God created Adam and he was made out of dirt. And scientists, they tell us that the body's worth about $5. But once God breathed into the nostrils and Adam became a living soul, that's where value came. And see, we will feed the flesh and starve the spirit and starve the soul. And really the priority, we are spirit, soul, and body. We're not body, soul, and spirit. We have our priorities mixed up. It's more important to feed the spiritual part of our life, the soul. We'll do everything. We'll make sure we don't miss a meal, but we'll miss time with God. That's what fasting's about, to get our priorities right. Or we'll give God two minutes before we go to sleep. And he's priority. We have to give him that time. You don't build a skyscraper on the chicken coop. Fasting brings you a deeper foundation. You want to go deeper fast. You'll find out things about you you never dreamed were there. And sometimes you'll get in worship before a holy God and you'll realize how unclean your behavior is but what a gracious God that he made you clean on the inside in a new creation. And it makes you want to lay down those things that don't please him. And you know he'll help you do it. Business people, they will work through lunch at the drop of a hat to get a sale, to get a deal. They'll get the job done wherever needs to happen. But see, we should be willing at the drop of a hat to be with God and skip lunch. That's the truth. So what do we do? We fast. And we pray. And we take some extended time. I know we're always in prayer, but we take some extended time that's just about Him. And we lay aside even those things that we have to have to live to be, to be with Him. Fasting is looking to God instead of ourselves. Fasting is resting in him and looking to him for our provision, for our supply. There's an old story about Lumberjack. I love this story. This older Lumberjack was known for being very fast at cutting down trees. Wish I had an axe around here. Really good at, at cutting down trees. And this young man 
comes up and he, he said, I can cut down more trees than you in a day. So the challenge goes out. The, this young guy new on the scene, he's going to challenge this lumberjack. And they, they go out to start, and they have people counting the trees that they do. And the older lumberjack, he starts cutting on one side, the young whippersnapper, he's on the other side, and he's going at it with all his strength. And he happens to look over, and he sees that the older lumberjack, every hour, it's like he, he takes a break. And he is. Every hour, he takes a 15-minute break. And so the younger lumberjack, thank you, sir. Y'all better straighten up around this place. We're not going to drink the Kool-Aid, but no. So this... This lumberjack, this younger one's noticing all these breaks. And at the end of the day, they do the tally, and they found out that the older lumberjack had cut a third more trees than the young one. And he's trying to figure out how did this happen. And, you know, he acknowledged uh, that the, the older one won, and he came over and was talking to him. How in the world did you beat me? You were taking breaks. He said, yes, I was taking every hour. I'd take a 15-minute break. He said, how did you do it then? He said, I was sharpening my axe every hour. And you just kept on going. See, part of what fasting does, it sharpens your edge. It makes you more sensitive to the things of the Spirit. It puts that perspective, God's perspective, into your life. And many people have lost it. Churches have lost their edge. But this, this older lumberjack knew the secret. And I believe that's the secret of fasting, that it keeps our edge. And we need to make sure that we keep the proper perspective. It reminded me of a story in the Bible that we find that Elisha was doing a school of the prophets, and they ran out of room. They didn't have enough room, so they decided to build an, a new lodge, a new building, and they, they sent the guys out to build. The scripture, let me find the scripture here, Second Kings chapter 6, verse 3, then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And they're talking to Elijah here. He answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down the tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place, so he cut off a stick, and he threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. Can you imagine? Here it is. This young man, he's, he's in training for ministry. And they're going to cut down some trees. 
he has his, his axe, and he, he's swinging this thing, and the axe head leaves the axe handle. Anybody in here ever experienced that? I have. Some of us have. It does get your attention, especially if it hits someone. No. <laughs> Never did that. Anybody in here ever had hit someone? Thank you, Jesus. Okay. But what happens, he swings it, and it goes into the Jordan River, and the Jordan River was, it was um, known for being muddy. And, and it's, it's lost. It was borrowed. He probably thought, well, I don't have the funds to even replace this because I'll never find it. And, and maybe you feel like you've lost your edge. That axe head is gone. Maybe you've had dreams and you sense that God's calling you to a purpose and a plan. And maybe you've bought into the lies of the enemy and the enemy says, out of sight, out of reach, never be fulfilled. It's too late or it's too early or whatever. It's not the right timing. Or, or he says, those lost kids will stay lost. You'll never fulfill what I called you to do. See, I have a word of encouragement for you. God still makes iron swim. God still does the impossible. And nothing is too hard for Him. This young man could have given up. He could have said, forget it, I'm out of here. I'm training for the ministry. What am I doing here cutting down trees? See, the word of God for him was he was a prophet. But his world says he was a tree chopper. Has your word from God ever been different than your world? Well, what you have to do is keep your faith in God. Put your trust in Him because He can make iron swim. Because He can make the impossible possible. But here's this young man said, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't want to come out here and cut down trees anyway. Well, I have news for you. No matter what God's called you to, no matter what your assignment is, there's work. And work is a blessing. Ministry is called W-O-R-K. Work. And God wants us to work. He never blesses anyone being irresponsible. He said to be a good steward. So here's this young man. He chooses to believe. And he cries out to Elijah. Because he knew Elijah's prayers were powerful. And it's good to have someone around you that can pray for you. That can intercede. That can stand in the gap for you. And this is one that was mentoring him and helping him. And he cries out to Elijah. He says, Elijah goes and gets a stick. And he takes that stick. He cuts it off. And he comes over and said, Why, where did you lose the edge? See, some of you lost your edge and you need to ask God, where did you lose it? Where did it happen? And let Him point the way where it is. But I believe, the Scripture doesn't say, but I believe when He cut from that tree, Jesus hung on the tree. I believe it represents the cross. And when you let the cross touch your life, that which is impossible becomes possible. And He'll make iron swim. What that young man did sign up for is for the impossible. He did sign up for the supernatural. 
to see God's hand, God's mighty power released. And he cried out to Elijah. Elijah put the, the stick over where he had lost it. And the Bible says the iron axe head swam. Now it had to be a sight. Is that a fish? Boy, if you caught or hooked that fish, it'd be a, you, you would think you'd had a whale. And it swam over to the stick was. And notice what Elijah said to him. Pick it up. I can just see somebody. Hey, uh, Elijah, well, just put the, the handle over here and let it swim and get on the handle again. So we have a part to play. God's not going to do your part. He had to pick, pick it up. He had to, to dry it off. He had to put it back on. He had to get it in there where it would stay. He had a part to play. We have a part to play. Part of our part is to fast and to seek His face and dedicate the year to Him. Put Him first at the beginning and watch what He will do in our lives. But put your trust in Him. Even when your word, the promise, or the word from God doesn't match your world, keep your faith in God. There's a story about a, a survivor. He was the only survivor in the shipwreck. And he was on this uninhabited island is where he was. And he was crying out to God to save him. And he would look across the landscape looking for a ship or anyone that could possibly rescue him. And he would see no one. After a while, he finally he was able to, to build a crude hut. He built this thing. And, and one day, he came back from hunting. And he comes back and he sees this hut is on fire. And of course, inside, he's thinking... You know, seemingly everything went from bad to worse. Ever been there? Bad to worse. But see, you keep your faith in God. What happened is the next day, a ship came and rescued him. And he said, how did you know I was here? How did you know to come here to this little island, uninhabited? And they said, we saw your smoke signal. God will use seemingly what is a backing up or a hindrance or a reproach. He'll use it and turn it around for His good. His plan will come forth in your life. Keep your trust in Him. Keep looking to Him. But we need to have that edge in our life. We need to continue to look to Him. One last verse here. Let me, let me uh, bring out this point. He did not deny that he had lost his edge. One thing about fasting, you get very honest with God. You find some things there. I, I told you about me last week that I found out that I was slacking up on my worship time before my prayer. I had my prayer list, but I needed to worship him. I had backed up from worshiping him. And I love to worship. I would worship, but there was, 
such a richness that came once I put the worship first and then hit the prayers. And you need to have your hit list. You need to have your list. Boy, it's a lot more fun when you go through worship, though. But let me tell you, he did not deny. You know, they called the Nile as a river in Egypt. That was a little joke for those. And I need somebody with a sign, joke. Okay. That's bad when you have to tell people it was a joke. Okay. <laughs> but the river represents the presence of God. Faith and prayer, or fasting and prayer, is reaching into the river and picking up the sharp edge that God has supplied for you to be effective in this earth. You've got to reach in. You've got to get the edge back. And then in Isaiah 58, and I've got many teachings on this. You could do teachings for a long time on this. But 58, 6 through 9 is the most comprehensive verses on fasting that we find in scriptures. And you find that this is the kind of fast that God has chosen. They were fasting before. Said they were fasting for strife and debate. They were fasting just as a religious show. It was nothing about time with God. And then he said in verse 6, Is this not the fast I've chosen? This is what God has chosen. To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke. That's enough right there. But it keeps on going. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked they, that you cover them and not hide yourself from your own flesh? That's why I said you get brutally honest. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. It's one thing for some human to have your back but God right here said, I've got your back. If you'll fast and pray, dedicate that time with me, I guarantee you, i got your back. How many want God to have their back? Mm. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here am I. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speak in wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, there's reaching out. Then your light shall dawn in darkness. Your darkness shall be as the noonday. And this is why I just want to key in. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. Even in drought. There's drought in the land. When you fast and you dedicate and spend that time with God, it says that He will satisfy your soul even in drought. Wow. Strengthen your bones. He'll give you a backbone. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Even in drought, when you have His Word 
you will have a satisfaction in your soul, a peace that supersedes your situation and your circumstance. You'll have a peace on the inside. It doesn't matter what the news has to say. You know that you've got angels assigned to you who are protecting you or all around you, and you have no place of fear in you because you've got satisfaction. There might be drought in the land, but inside you're a watered garden. There's a source and a spring of living water flowing out of you that cannot be stopped, cannot be contained by this world. It's a supernatural part that God's placed within you. It's called the Spirit of God and it will flood your life and you can have satisfaction of the soul even when there's drought in the land. You can keep producing fruit. You can have a garden that's producing fruit and production and progress and abundant life even in the place of drought. And they'll never ever run dry. Wow. I'll just read verse 12. And, and from among you shall build the old waste places, and you shall rise, raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach and restorer of streets to dwell in. Great teaching there. You'll be a restorer, a restoration, be part of your ministry. You'll touch other generations through your fasting. And let me, this is in your notes. In closing, fasting is, number one, fasting is investing in the priority of my life, my relationship with God. It's investment. Number two, fasting is sharpening or restoring the edge that's been lost. And then number three, fasting is releasing the springs of living water inside my spirit that have been hindered or stopped up by my flesh. We need is there not a cause? Can you recognize a cause in your life that calls for prayer and fasting? See, when you come to your altar and you pray and you're, you're fasting, an uh, altar's not a place that you come to one time to, when you first come to Jesus. An uh, altar is a place of alteration. It's a place of change. It's a place that you come to and alter your direction. And there's change. God wants us to fast and pray. Is there not a cause in the land? Is there not a cause in your family, in your life, in your nation, in your country, at your place of employment, in your business? Is there not a cause for us to pray in the fast? And the blessing of the Lord. This is in the Old Covenant. And I won't get into that, but what we have is even better. But every promise here is yes and amen for you. If you can find it in the old, it's better in the new. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word today. And Father, we, we want that sharp edge back. Some of us need to, we've lost our passion. We've lost our enthusiasm. We're, we've lost our commitment, and our love for you. We've lost the desire to even sacrifice. We've lost our desire to walk with you and to talk with you. We've lost our desire to witness, to reach out. We've given up on the lost. God wants you to get your edge back.
He wants you to come back to Him. Say, God, I've lost my edge, but I want it back. I want it back. First of all, you need to be His. Maybe you never accepted Him as your Lord and Savior. First, you've got to do that. First, you've got to surrender your life to Him for your salvation. Is there anyone here say, I need Jesus today? No more playing games. I'm coming to Jesus today. I'm surrendering, surrendering everything to Him. I'm surrendering my job, that boss, my spouse, those kids. I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering myself to you. No one looking around. That's you. I want you to lift your hand. Yes, I see those two hands. Anyone else? I'm surrendering to you, Lord. You'd say, today I've lost my edge. I want that passion back. I want the joy of first love. You remember when you first got saved, the joy that you had that could not be contained? It's what God wants you to live in. He wants you to experience Him. That you, I want you to lift your hand. So I want the edge back. I want my edge back. So see this. Yes. All these, Lord, have their hands raised. Thank you. That's a prayer that God will definitely answer. He might point back to the place where you lost it. You might have to forgive. You might have to do something there. But reach out and grab hold of the stick, the cross, and let God touch you afresh and new. If you raised your hand, for either one of those, I want you to just get in on this prayer. Say, dear God, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love, your mercy. I receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. I trust you, Lord, for my eternity. Yeah, I surrender it all to you. And for those that have lost their edge, say, Lord, I want my edge back. You direct the way, and I'll do it. Even in that place where you said, what's the use? I've given up. I've been around this mountain a thousand times. God says, I'll give you an edge, and you'll be able to go straight up the mountain and stop going around it. Father, all these, they're truly altering their hearts today. To get that edge back. I thank you that you've given this vehicle of fasting and prayer. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Stand up. I want the prayer partners to come down. And some of you just might need to come down to this altar. And maybe you don't want prayer. You just need to come down here and stand and spend some time with God for a moment.
but you need prayer, come and receive. And let God minister to you. Nothing's too hard for Him. Nothing's too small. God bless you. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.